So I have a question for you. Are you a mask wearer when you go out in public or publicly uh, into shops? Or are you not? Which one are you? Uh, so when you go to the store, do you uh, quickly put on your, your mask and say, I'm one of those guys? Problem with masks for me, I'm wearing glasses and it fogs up my glasses. Oh. Or... Are you one of those ones, though, that are so uh, cautious and then you see people walking that don't have masks on and you secretly inside judge them? <laughs> Which one are you? Because one is like, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Or the other one is like, I'm going to tell everybody how to behave. Well, you're probably fitting in one of those categories. Uh, it's amazing, though. You'll see this on your screen. A simple item like a mask can reveal what's not so simple in the heart. I don't know about you, but during this time, this COVID-19 season, it has revealed a lot of things in my heart. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody this morning, and it was, it was about how uh, angry they had felt or their feeling on the inside. So much so, it's like they've taken away my opportunity to go to the beach, and, and that's my summer activity. They've done this, they've done that, and the anger inside, and, and for all of us, and I express to them too, yes, I've, I'm dealing with that as well, the, what's in the heart. Then it comes time to, to when we're starting to think about gathering again together as a church, or wherever you uh, go um, to worship, and if there's going to be a requirement of us to wear a mask, I, I want to know, how are you going to do with that? Are you going to be the one like, ah, forget it? Or are you going to be the one who also then says, hey, you're going to be standing at the door and make sure nobody comes in if, if they're not wearing theirs? Or they tell you six feet apart. Are you going to be the one walking around with a, with a stick making sure everybody's six feet apart? Or are you going to like, ah, six feet apart and start giving people hugs? What are you going to do? And I think these are some things that we need to think about. And a lot of it stems, our reaction and our action stems from what's in our heart. We've been on this journey of looking at the book of Revelation and the seven churches, and today we are on the, the church of Sardis, the church of Sardis. The interesting thing about the church of Sardis, it really addresses this issue about the heart. Because we can pretend that we're a certain way on the outside, can't we? we, we can, we've been trained to do that fairly well in society. We can pretend on the outside, but God looks so much deeper than the outside. He looks at our hearts, right? So what is in our heart? What is in our heart? Let me just read this scripture real quick, and then we're going to dive into uh, looking at this and, and specifically looking at how Jesus wants us to respond in these times and really looking at what's in our heart. Now remember, in every single one of these letters, Mostly, they, they talk about something that Jesus is known for. Um, it addresses that, and then it goes saying, this is what I, church, by the way, church is a group of people in a city. So the church of Sardis, the Sardis was a actual town or city in modern day Turkey, and he's writing a letter to them, receiving a revelation from Jesus 
and then writes it into a letter and sends it to him. So these are really Jesus' words. It says, And to the angel to the church of Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Now we know what the seven stars are. We're told that in Revelation chapter 1. The seven stars represent the seven messengers to the churches. And it's actually interpreted messengers, but some say angels. It could be pastors. So they're writing to uh, the pastor or the uh, the spirit that oversees that church, the angel that oversees that church, I think it's, I would, I would interpret it more as he's writing to the pastor of that church. That would make sense to me, especially where he's going to talk about, here's, here's the seven spirits of God. By the way, the seven spirits of God is very interesting as well because it, it shows the same seven gifts of the spirit that you're found in Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11, 2 through 5. So it's, here's the seven spirits, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, piety, fortitude, counsel, fear of God, which are very similar actually to the nine gifts of the spirit that are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm not going to go there today on that, but I think it's fascinating to say God's spirit is multifaceted and, and he's sending these aspects of his spirit to these churches. Okay. Then he says this, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but, oh, here we go. But you are dead. You have a reputation for being alive. So think about that. What's your reputation? As a church, what's our reputation? Are we reputable thinking that we're doing a lot of good things on the outside and by the way, I commend you for all the good works that you did to help pay off that medical debt. We, we just had to use pennies on the dollar. Sounds like 700000 is a lot of money, yes. And we wiped out all that debt, but it was pennies on the dollar, and we're grateful for the partnership of other churches. But we could be doing a lot of great things, but never allowing him to get into our heart, then he's going to have a problem with that. And this is what he was saying to the church of Sardis. And then here he goes. He says, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Okay, so he's saying you have works, but it's not complete. Today, that's what we're going to be talking about. How do we know if our works are complete? Really, what we're going to find out today is this. One simple way to test what's in your heart. There's a simple way to test what's in your heart. So are we making sure that we're just, our works, we're just not good on the outside? But what's on the inside? Because that's what counts. And that's what he's looking at. It says, remember, now we're on verse 3, chapter 3, verse 3. Remember then when you received what you received and heard. Keep it and repent very much to the very first church that he was talking to, the church of Ephesus. Losing your first love. Again, talking about the heart. There's something about love, though, that he wants to get us. By the way, love's not a feeling. Love is not um, the butterflies. We'll talk about what love is. Let me finish reading this real quick. So he wants us to remember what that you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I'll come like a thief and you will not know what hour I will come against you. Very much like this coming in a thief is, is his um, parable of the wedding banquet. And he comes quickly. 
And he's looking for, kind of like a thief in the night. Well, that's the wedding banquet was the second, second thing about um, the garments that we're going to talk about. But he talks about his returns like a thief in the night. The idea of that whole idea is, is realizing that we don't know when he's going to come. And here it is. He's giving you a moment to repent. Again, listen to this for, from our perspective. And I'm, believe me, I'm in the boat with you. Repent. Allow Jesus to get into the depths of your heart. I know it's a struggle. I know it's painful. But let him touch those areas and repent on them. He goes, yet you, you have a... You, Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who you have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, and they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot out his name in the book of life. We're not going to go there. I'm going to touch on it, blotting it out. If you're a painter, watercolors, you know what it's like to make a mistake when you're watercoloring, you blot it out. Does that mean you're in the Lamb's Book of Life? Does it mean that you can lose your salvation? Not going there. It's a question to ask, though. (laughs) I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay, there's some he's saying, this is what I have for you. This is the good of the church. There's some who haven't soiled their garments. How do you soil your garments? The symbolism of a white garment really is, is talking about are being in right relationship with God, with Jesus. Doesn't mean you're going to live a perfect life because we all know we're sinners saved by grace. But there's a level of righteousness, of holiness that he's looking for. So if he's saying, okay, I know your works, but by the way, you have a reputation. You're looking good on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. And then he says, I, I, there's some though that haven't soiled the garments. So how do you soil your garments? How do you make sure what's right on the inside? That's what we're going to talk about right now. In Colossians chapter 3, 14 through 17, I'm just going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, above all, clothe yourselves with love. Talking about garments, right? Putting on a garment. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from God rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Man, there's a lot packed in there. So he's saying, first put on this garment of love, which does what? It binds us together in unity, harmony. Then let peace that comes from Christ, so it'll it'll bring peace to your hearts. And remember, it says, and all members are to live in peace. And then we're to be thankful. How thankful are you today? I know a lot has been taken away from us, but can we be thankful for what God has given us? Love, okay, love, love. So if love is not a feeling, and if love is not butterflies, and love is not a romantic notion that we might use terms today of, I love you, but love is this, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, and I've been reciting this Oh, time and time again in my head because I am falling short and I don't want to be the one that has, hey, after all, I'm a pastor, right? Pastors must have it all together. Can I tell you what I don't? (laughs) I don't. 
I have struggles. I fall short. I need the grace of God. And, and something that COVID-19 has told me, man, I stink at love. I really am not very good at it, but I want to get better. I'm, I'm committed to get better because this is what love is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love is patient. We've talked about this, church. Love is kind. Love does not boast. Not arrogant, not rude. It's like, Mark, you've talked about this before. I know I have, and I'm trying to reinforce it in my own life, so I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> it's not arrogant, it's not rude, does not insist on its own way, it's not irritable. COVID-19 has made many of us irritable, <laughs> but that's not love. Not resentful, does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but it rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. <sighs> this week, I'm going to challenge you this week. Write it down. Quickly scurry to the kitchen. Go to your little table uh, where you keep your pens. Um, grab something to write on. I, I need you to do this for me. I I'm encouraging you. Thank you. The worship team is, is actually going and getting pens right now for, for us. Now they're coming up here. But here's, here's what it is. I want you to read Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. Why? Because in those verses, it talks about wives submit to your husbands. Oh, don't get angry at me. Because husbands... Love your wives as Christ loved the church, which is sacrificial love, laying down your life for them. Here we go. Kids, obey your parents. It's in there. In other words, hey, kids, you just can't do what you want to do. Your, your responsibility is to die to your own self and do what your parents want you to do, as long as it's not opposed to the word of God. Then it has this whole idea of masters and slaves. Well, we don't have that today, but bosses to our government, to our health officials. Obey them, as long as they're not asking us to do anything that's not biblical. See, love is not a feeling, but it's a choice to die to yourself. I know we don't like that thought. We don't like that idea that, what, we're to die to ourselves? Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us. That's sacrificial love, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Interesting, they call it a sacrifice to God. Love oftentimes is a sacrifice. It will cut against what you want to do. It will cut against what you want to do, but you have to make a choice to do the loving thing John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. So, so these are all tests to see what's really in the heart. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. The way that we prefer somebody else the way that we're going to be sensitive to somebody else's needs. And then this, Matthew 24, 14, and the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. 
If Jesus is coming back, he's going to be looking for a bride. He's going to be looking for a church that is proclaiming to the world his love. And his love is sacrificial love. Not kumbaya love, sacrificial love. And you'll see this on your screen. The gospel that our community is going to see, the gospel of Jesus Christ that our community is going to see is our sacrificial love for each other. So let's get back to the face mask conversation. If love is self-sacrificing and preferring others over ourselves, and loving God is following his commands, when our government and health officials tell us that when we gather in public settings, that they're asking us to wear masks, what are you going to do? Some of you are law keepers. You're like, yes, they're telling us what to do. We'll keep the law. Okay, I'm going to talk to you for a moment, you law keepers. Do you love the law so much that when somebody, in their excitement when they gather together again, gives somebody a hug, are you going to be there with that scowling look on your face to judge them? Okay, let me, let me go to the other ones. D- tell me those live free or dyers, <laughs> right? We all are that. How's your heart when, when we know that we're going to wear masks together? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Where's that coming from in your heart? Because if we're to prefer others, maybe there's some that are vulnerable around us. Maybe there's some that are in fear if somebody's not wearing a mask. Well, that's not my problem. It's their problem. I understand, but, but if love is sacrificial, would you sacrifice your freedom to make somebody else comfortable? I know this is a little bit cutting, isn't it? Oh my, it's gripping our hearts. But Jesus is saying, we'll be known by our love and our unity. And, and, or is this going to be an issue that divides us? I can't believe they're making us do that. I'm not coming. Or I'm going to be, I'm going to come anyways. What are they going to do to us, right? They can't kick us out of church. What are you going to do? Because it's so simple that a a thing about, simple thing like a mask reveals what's in the heart. It either reveals that you're legalistic or you're rebellious or what is in your heart? Or are you going to actually function with love and act with love and say, you know what? I'm going to prefer others. I'm going to listen to our governing authorities. You see, the simplest test to see what's in your heart <laughs> is the test of the mask. Can I tell you what? I'm probably the, one of the most rebellious guys out there. <laughs> I, I grew up wanting to test any rule that I was out there. But there's something about wanting to submit your heart to please Jesus challenges you to take your wild heart and say, can I put reins on it? Can I take my wild heart and put reins on it? 
maybe for you, it's not the rebellious heart. Maybe for you, it's the legalistic heart. And maybe you are judgmental and maybe you are critical. And that's going to be the battle you're going to have to overcome. Are you going to be willing to submit your heart when somebody shows up without a face mask and, and, and they want to come in that you're like scowling and looking them down and saying, you need to wear this. Or are you going to be like, hey, we got face masks for you to wear today. So glad you're here. Right? We, we have an opportunity have Jesus do something in our hearts. And we don't want to be like this church of Sardis that has the appearance of, well, look at that great church. Isn't it a big building, big parking lot? Aren't they doing great things for their community? And and yet we're going to be known for how we function in unity and our love for one another. And by the way, one another is not just in here, but it's out there. I believe that we can do this, but we're all going to have to come face to face with what's in our heart. Let your heart be bridled. Let your heart be submitted to Jesus. And we can do this church. I'm giving this message because I know we're going to be reopening soon. And we're going to have some requirements of us and they're not going to be real easy and they're not going to feel real great and they're going to be awkward but yet at the same token it's also going to reveal what's in our heart and I believe that we can do it church I believe that we can show our communities and we can show our world Now, obviously, there's always exceptions, right? That's why we need grace. Somebody who feels like they're suffocating because of it, we'll figure out ways. People who have asthma and they can't cover up their mouth, we'll figure out ways. I understand. We're not going to be legalistic about it. However, we're going to try our very best to be full of grace, to be full of love, but also to have our hearts yielded and bending to the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device, we want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.